Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 113 of your favourite Formula 1 show. Knowing Wheel returns to discuss the action from this weekend's Miami Grand Prix. And I am joined by, fun fact, one of the backing dancers from Will I Am's new This Is The Formula video. If you look fourth from left is Jamie183. <laughs> how, how are we doing, mate? I've got those shapes to be fair. So, yeah, that was fresh off the... Uh... I've got those shapes from that video. That might be that the whitest thing you've ever said. <laughs> no, I was not in in the backing dancers for really? William and Lil Wayne. No, it's a it's a fake news, unfortunately. But I am here to record a podcast uh, for your ears and eyes. Fair enough. That is good to hear. Um, <laughs> I mean, let's be fair. Of course, we did try. And make a bit of a preview show for Miami. I think it did go on record as the shortest podcast we've ever done. So short, in fact, uh, that uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify rejected it. Funny enough, Jamie, uh, oh. it was that's why it didn't go out on those platforms. Uh, RSS, the platform we use to share them, uh, decided it didn't want to work. So that was good fun. Um, so hopefully now I'm going to try and upload it and then release it like a minute before this one for continuity sake, as much as anything else. But we kind of said during that show. There wasn't really a lot uh, going on ready for this weekend in Formula 1. And as always, that was the kiss of death, if you will, for us. Because whenever we say that, something bizarre and actually worth talking about, and more importantly, very <laughs> clickbaity, uh, gets announced, doesn't it, Jamie? <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. And we had the really weird announcement, like, late on Saturday. Oh, no, Friday night, sorry. Thursday. From... Was it Thursday? Mm. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Because, of course, it's uh, always from... after we record, but before it releases. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, from Will Buxton, who was at some sort of launch show, uh, which basically said that they're filming a F1 like live-action movie, a bit like uh, Top Gun, but for Formula 1. Uh, and they're going to film it Sorry. during... They're going to film it during a race. So Brad Pitt will be driving a Mercedes designed car and with other cars on track apparently which threw f1 twitter into disarray everyone's like brad pitt's gonna get a podium before hulkenberg which i didn't appreciate very much i did uh, <laughs> and yeah it's no wonder mercedes haven't been making their own cars good because they've been too busy making a car for hollywood so it's a bit weird obviously immediately anyone with a brain realized that it won't be during a race <laughs> the amount of people on twitter the amount of people so I saw on Twitter. At FYI, you know, if you want to follow us, at Knowing Wheel, at Matt212, at Jamie underscore 183. Cheeky plug. There you go. But yeah, yeah. the, the in, absolute insane tweets that came out of some people. I mean, there were there were tweets on there that I reckon I could account brain cells on one hand <laughs> uh, from people, you know. It was, what happens if Brad Pitt makes it into Q2 ahead of someone? What happens if Mercedes <laughs> get extra data from it? From what I've gathered, it's like a modified Formula 2 car that he's actually yeah. driving. Um, I mean, yeah. it'll basically just be the FOM car, surely. Well, that's yeah. just what they'll and do. Contrary to popular belief, Brad Pitt definitely doesn't have the super license points to race in a real circuit. No, no, he so hasn't. There's zero chance that it will be a live F1 weekend. But it would be very funny if it was, because he probably would out-qualify Nick DeVries. Probably, so... I reckon, yeah, he would get Nick DeVries <laughs> second seat in Alpha Tauri. I mean, I think the, my favourite bit about this, though, still reading through everything, is it's quite clear 
that the FIA still don't even know how this is going to work. Yeah, course, they've just announced it. Yeah. And the FIA are just like, oh, okay, <laughs> we didn't know about this. Well, <laughs> legally, of course, they have to register as an 11th team because in some freak scenario where uh, Brad Pitt does get killed on a Formula 1 circuit uh, or seriously injured, you know, to keep it light and breezy, um, <laughs> obviously they have to have those things put in place. So it does technically mean that Brad Pitt in a movie have got a Formula 1 team before Andretti did, and they didn't have to pay the ridiculous... Well, they might not have had to pay the ridiculous fees to get in. Yeah, so we've got our wish for an 11th F1 team at long last. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Brad Pitt drives a... Uh, gets an F1 seat, and Daniel Ricciardo can't. What does that say? It, it, yeah, it t- tells you a lot, doesn't it, about the, the state <laughs> of affairs currently going on. Um, but I think, I mean... There's only one other movie that I know of that's had any sort of scenario like this before. And I can pretty much guarantee that Jamie won't... Actually, no. Two movies, I think. Herbie. I've seen Herbie. You will have heard of, yes. Um, And Days of Thunder. I've heard of that, but not seen it. And now I've said Days of Thunder, I'm not convinced it's right. I'm pretty certain it's Talladega Nights. I haven't heard of that no. at all. But, so yeah. they were both NASCAR-based movies. Or obviously, Herbie had some NASCAR racing in it. Uh, so basically, what they do is... Obviously, because, again, they were only on big ovals, which is a lot easier than Silverstone. Um, they would have like an extra 15-minute free practice session. Where, of course, all the drivers would just mill around and obviously just try and drive near the car they were filming. That's the only way I can sort of see Formula 1 doing this. But you can't help but wonder if they'd already worked this out, why they didn't just announce that to clear things up, or whether the FIA are still going, we don't know how this is meant to work. Yeah. Yeah. And do you really trust, like, Charles Leclerc to not crash into Brad Pitt? Absolutely not. Closely? Like, yeah. I'm not sure the teams would be up for that. They'll just be like, whatever you do, do not crash. Which, well, telling it to some drivers on the grid won't really make any difference. So, no. No. We shall see. It should be. It will be a pretty astonishing film if it comes together well, though. Well, so. we we can only hope, can't we? I mean, let's be fair. It's it's going to not be a great look if we have all this talk and then it just looks CGI and terrible. Uh, but apparently, yeah. it is meant to be the most realistic and authentic racing movie of all time, and they have apparently got Lewis Hamilton as well, uh, helping them out. Um, yeah. So yeah. you know, very very interesting. Speaking of crashes, though, Jamie and Charles Leclerc, even more importantly than that. Two drivers binning it on Friday's running in Miami. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg, which I noticed actually on the notes you failed to mention, rather interestingly. Uh, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't important. Well, fairly important. <laughs> it, but Charles Leclerc binning it in FP2 was important enough to mention. Um, so yeah, yeah. Very, very low grip around the Miami circuit, wasn't it? Yeah, extremely. In practice, obviously they've only been there once before. They were a resurfaced track this year, so... They had to get their uh, get their eye in a bit in the in the practice sessions, and it was yeah very smooth, like difficult to find the grip on the circuit, and it did rubber in by qualifying, um, but yeah, practice was a uh, quite mistake ridden to say the least. Yes, um, but yeah. luckily for Hockenberg, he did find a wall that was right next to the track. Leclerc found a wall about fifty meters from the track, like he did in France last year. So probably worst mistake, but that's just uh, my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, not not a great weekend so far from Charles Leclerc. I mean, as as we continue going on through the show, it, it never really gets a whole lot better, uh, to be completely honest. But let's let's jump in then, of course, to qualifying. Um, you know, we we have wondered whether there would be rain throughout the entire weekend, and so far rain had not fallen 
across the Miami circuit. Uh, but we did still get some tears, didn't we, uh, throughout qualifying. First of all, was Lance Stroll. Uh, Aston Martin, you know, I think safe to say he's probably generally the second quickest car on the grid, isn't it? At the in Alonso's hands, definitely, yeah. Um, and Stroll goes out in Q1 because he tried to make it through on one set of tyres because he wanted more sets of softs for Q2 and Q3 in the race, uh, which we very quickly learnt were not going to be useful. Yes, uh, and it was, yeah, a little bit overconfident, obviously, to try and get through. Given how close it was behind the Red Bulls, there was, I think there were nine tenths of a second between well, P2 and Perez, P20. Wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, apart from Verstappen. Under a second over a 90 second lap is insane, really. But um, unfortunately for Stroll, didn't get through on his, like, I guess, worn. Were they, they used one set of softs in the EQ1, but he yeah. tried to do it both runs yeah. on the same set. So qualified P18, which was pretty shocking, really. Only out qualifying. Uh, two rookies in Piastri and Sargent um, and the McLaren was really not at it all weekend so no again yeah again really after, the, from them. after the strong suiting um, Azerbaijan Grand Prix for their car you know we, we did all think that the upgrade had worked uh, and apparently they basically just took a huge step backwards again uh, this weekend yeah. which which was not fun uh, but of course I think the big talking point wasn't it late on as well in Q1 uh, was the fact that he did look at one brief moment like both Mercedes could be out which even yeah. back in their first guys in Formula 1 because the qualifying rules were different they have <laughs> never had both cars go out in Q1 of a Formula Fangio 1 Fangio never got eliminated in Q1 when Q1 only existed since 2006 exactly no exactly <laughs> but it still never happened which is quite impressive yeah it is actually but um Luckily for both Mercedes, they did scrape through, uh, which left out in Q1. You had Lando Norris in 16th, Sonoda actually getting out-qualified by De Vries, which uh, for the first time this season. In 17th, uh, Stroll was 18th, as he said, and Piastri and Sargent taking out the back row. Um, so just the McLaren's really surprising in that, but yeah, not not a great weekend oh, for them Stroll. at all. Yeah, and Stroll as well, but... I'm used to him qualifying 18th. Yeah, to be fair, yeah, Stroll yeah. is just a perennial crypto.com overtakes of the weekend or overtakes of the yeah. year. <laughs> Fast charger yeah. award merchant. Um, positions gained. Yeah. But of course, we, you know, we mentioned Mercedes in Q1 and this was definitely the big surprise, wasn't it, in Q2. Russell, 10th place, Hamilton out in P13. And it's safe to say Lewis was not happy. No, not at all. And yeah, it was, it was a odd thing like a whole thing really because he the second runs were just a bit weird because some drivers just didn't didn't seem to get at it at all i know hulkenberg was looking good for q3 all weekend and then the second run of q2 came around so he just was did, didn't do anything and neither did hamilton so both of them who were probably like fairly okay bets for q3 just didn't improve and qualified themselves 12th and 13th which yeah it was a bit of a shame for them um the mercedes definitely was not that good at all on quality pace as we've kind of seen all season but then yeah i guess russell was able to get through and qualified quite well so maybe they hamilton don't just call him mr saturday for nothing exactly how was that four one three is it three two to four one i'm pretty certain that is poor seven time world champion and he's getting rinsed by george russell what is this unless it's a sprint weekend mate there aren't points on saturday and the only time when there <laughs> has been points on saturday lewis out qualified george <laughs> <laughs> True, very true. But uh, yeah, it's a, his lowest ever grid position in the USA. Yeah, which we heard about 15 times on the commentary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and as the resident Hamilton fan, any more, any more thoughts on what went wrong for him? 
Well, they just put, sent him out too late. That was the problem. Uh, so, he, he, you know, I know he mentioned this as well. It basically just meant he couldn't put the heat cycle through the tyres that he wanted. And, of course, then just simply didn't have the grip. Uh, but, you know, the fact that Mercedes now have done this two years in a row in Miami, where they've been fastest on Friday, and then have absolutely pooed themselves come Saturday, <laughs> just seemed to take it a step backwards, is not particularly reassuring. Um, but it did mean, though, Valtteri Bottas made it into Q3, which now means every single team has had a car in Q3, but only five races in. So, just, uh, despite Red Bull, the regulations, I think, you know, a lot of people are giving it a lot of stick. The regulations are actually working quite well. Yeah, definitely. And especially the cost cap, I think, because that's kind of what's bringing everyone together. Because you mm. can't just be Ferrari and throw money at it now. So, to you know, the midfield... P6. Yeah, the midfield teams are closing that gap. And you've kind of got everyone with the same budget, arguably other than Red Bull, have they're basically <laughs> running a team on value for money now. And that's kind of why Red Bull are doing the best, because they, they historically have been the, one of the best teams for value for money, as has Force India slash Jordan slash Aston Martin. So, yeah. you know, these teams who actually know how to run a team effectively Cost are actually benefiting a lot. I mean, this is really like a test of what happens when you put rich families and middle class families on benefit street wages uh i don't know where you're going with that but i'll leave it to you <laughs> who can make the best tesco's meal deal formula one car yeah exactly get your money through uh but yeah hamilton and q2 though alongside Albon, hulkenberg uh, joe guanyu and nick de Vries. uh and then q3 jamie Thing, things actually happened. So it, it did get spicy very briefly, didn't it? It did. It did indeed. And you had the first runs uh, was just incredibly weird. I think Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc just didn't get a lap together at all, really, uh, which provisionally left Leclerc 7th and Verstappen ninth. He didn't really bother finishing the lap because he messed up, made a mistake in sector one. Uh, so you had, what, Perez, Alonso, Sainz was the top three. Perez, I think, four tenths clear of Alonso. Um, and yeah, that was... Obviously, the first runs, you've got these drivers with a lot of pressure on them, lower down the order to get it nailed in the second laps of Q3. And then the only thing Charles Leclerc nails was the barrier. Again. Um, again, in exactly the same place. Uh, and yes, that bore our red flag in Q uh, at the end of Q3 before anyone could set a second lap, which meant the first runs just decided the whole order, which actually left us with quite an exciting proposition for the race. Because uh, you've had Perez first, Verstappen ninth, um, Leclerc in seventh, all these drivers who would have been hoping to be right at the front. Uh, so left with a Spanish top three of Spanish, well, speaking. Spanish speaking. Sorry. <laughs> Perez Alonso signs with Kevin Magnussen just popping up in P4. Uh, yeah, best ever qualifying for Haas. In a, in a GP. In a GP. He qualified yeah. for Imola sprint, didn't he? And so, pole at Brazil sprint. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Um, yeah, you've got Gasly as well in fifth ahead of well, both Mercedes, one Ferrari, one Red Bull. Very good from him. Uh, with Charles Leclerc, P7, obviously not improving and ending up in a wall. With Ocon, Verstappen and Bottas rounding out the top 10. So it was quite a good grid, really. It left us in quite a good place to the race. Yeah, there, there was a lot of potential left on Saturday and it got even spicier. Because after drivers have been moaning most of the weekend still about the lack of grip... The rain that we'd all hoped for arrived on Saturday night and into Sunday, and that meant that all the grip that had been put down got completely washed away. Uh, so, you yeah. know, we had 
a juicy proposition now for a Grand Prix. Verstappen out of order. Leclerc probably out of order still. Perez with a golden opportunity to take the lead of the Formula 1 World Championship for the first time in his career. Could Fernando Alonso try and upset Red Bull's run of form? Hamilton in the midfield, Jamie. And my two highlights of the Grand Prix happened before it even started. <laughs> yeah, it says a lot. I actually started tuning into the race as they were leaving the formation lap, so I will leave it to you. You missed out on a couple of bangers, my friend. Shout out to those of you that... Well, not shout out to those of you that watch Sky Sports, because it's the reason why we can't watch Formula 1 on F1 TV still. Um, but Jackie Stewart is an absolute baller. So Martin Brundle, you know, he's doing his grid ball because he normally does... And he spots Roger Pederer. Uh, Roger Pederer? Roger, Roger Federer <laughs> in a pen, was what I was trying to say. Um, and obviously, security aren't letting Martin Brundle into that smaller area, because it is for a very, very exclusive group of people. You know, it's it's your Federer's, it's your Serena Williams. Jackie Stewart's next to him, just goes, ah, I'll, I'll go through, mate, it's fine. So you've literally got little Jackie Stewart trying to run and yelling at Roger Federer, trying to get his attention, <laughs> as he's getting chased by three security guards telling him he can't go in there. And he's basically just going, I don't care, I'm doing what I want. And to be fair, he does actually get Roger Federer's attention. It was incredible. Uh, and then we got the pre-race intros. Why, oh why, are we still getting these? I mean, at Luckily, least I, I managed to miss them. So I, at least I'm this glad. time, the guy got all the pronunciations pretty much correct. But they were still just so frustrating. The only thing that saved it was after Yuki Sonoda came through and did his, and obviously you got all these cheerleaders that are clearly embarrassed. You know, the band playing. You see Sonoda walk off to the side of the frame and then just do a little sue to himself, <laughs> which is so funny and That's so the way he gets hyped. Sonoda. But that is the—I reckon he says that to himself when he doesn't overtake. Because I mean, really, it's his name, so he should be allowed. Yeah, yeah, he should get copyright. Who's Ronaldo? Exactly. Sorry. Yeah, Ronaldo. Ronald who? Sorry. Ronald who? <laughs> yes, but shall we get on to <laughs> the race the itself? The start of the race, uh, of course. Yeah, Perez on pole with Alonso right behind. Uh, last time that happened was in, in Jeddah, of course, and Alonso did take the lead very briefly. He did. Um, Everyone forgot about that. Yeah, because it was pretty irrelevant by the end of lap two. So, yeah, unfortunately for Alonso, he didn't manage to take the lead this time. Perez got a good start, and the whole, uh, yeah, the top ten was fairly stationary, other than Kevin Magnussen, who didn't really, yeah, get up to very much at all off the grid and immediately dropped from P4 to be P7 by the end of lap one, which was a shame for him. But Gasly moved straight up ahead of him. Uh, and you also had Verstappen, obviously, in the wars, but managed to stay out of trouble, stayed ninth, although he lost uh, he lost places to Bottas, but also gained places on whoever was ahead of him, Ocon, I think. Yeah, yeah uh, by the so end of yeah, lap one. It was a net, net zero. So, yeah, uh, the only other thing that happened at turn one was Nick de Vries making a rookie error, which is understandable considering it's race six of his career. Um and hit Lando Norris into turn one. Uh, just really poor mistake, really. Just locked up his brakes at quite low speed and tagged the back of Lando. Didn't get any damage. Uh, well, I don't know if Lando Norris got any damage. but No, they were both fine. It wasn't substantial, was it, at all? Uh, and then also Logan Sargent ended up with, with some wing damage from somewhere. Uh, had to pit at the end of lap two and change the front wing and never really did anything after that. No, exactly. So, I mean, it yeah. was the typical home Grand Prix for a backmarker driver, wasn't it? For Sergeant. Yeah. You know, you got all this hype. And let's be fair, you're thinking, unless something crazy happens, I'm not scoring points this weekend. But of course, you got all these local fans that think you're going to become 
Ayrton Senna well, back in his prime uh, for one weekend only. Of course, at least 25 seconds back at the end of lap one. I mean, from that point onwards, you're kind of there going, this is just really dull for 56 laps unless something crazy happens, um, which, which, of course, you know, spoiler alert, it, it didn't. Um, but, I mean, already, though, we did have probably the most exciting moment of the race, certainly on just lap four, uh, when we saw just how disgusting that Red Bull straight line speed is still, uh, when the fact that Max Verstappen was able to sail past Kevin Magnussen and Charles Leclerc it on wasn't the tiny the little speed. front straight. It was. It, it was. it was an excellent exit from Verstappen. He lined himself up very well. It's because they were side by side. Yeah, but that wasn't straight line speed. That was just him being clever. And then he... Absolutely rinse past a pair of them down with the, the superior of turn one. straight line speed. <laughs> Jamie, you can't argue that Rebel isn't sickening down the straights. Oh, it is, but he didn't overtake both of them because of his straight line speed. He overtook both of them because they were too busy. If he was running 50 50 wings, he wouldn't have been able to make that overtake. The straight line speed <laughs> allowed him to get past. What's but the straight line speed isn't is because that? the Red Bull is disgusting, it's because he got a good exit. It helped, but it's still disgusting. <laughs> I, I stand by my point. Excellent move. Very good move. It was that. a very good move as well, though, still. Because, uh, you know, he was playing it very, very cautious off the start. Almost like he should have been for a lot more of his F1 career, but there we are. Um, <laughs> was that some salt I hear? No, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> but then, of course, he, he moves. You know, he's basically just moving up the order, isn't he? It's just overtake yeah, after yeah. overtake. Uh, he George Russell, though, does let him by and then use Max to get past Pierre Gasly, uh, which I thought was quite funny. Um, it was quite clever. Yeah. But to be honest, the early stages of the race was very much what Ma- watch Max get to P2 and then hope that Checo can do anything. And it was quite clear by just lap 15 that once again, just like in Baku, Pirelli had messed up the tyres. It was just going to be hards all day. Yeah, yeah. And I still think they're like traumatised by 2013 Silverstone. Oh, if absolutely. You, if you think back to 2012 and 2013... And 2011, when Pirelli first came in, they actually built tires that wore out, and they were bought in to replace Bridgestone After to Canada give us tires. Yeah, to make tires that would affect the strategy, because obviously they got rid of refueling. Everyone can now do the whole race on one set of tires, basically. So they bought in these new tires that are going to wear. We're going to get two to four stops each race, and then a byproduct of that was that they might explode, <laughs> um, which is obviously not perfectly safe at all. Um, as a lot of drivers found out at Silverstone 2013. And yeah, since then, even the second half of 2013, when they changed the tyres to be a lot more safe, it it's kind of never never gone back. And I guess the three-tyre rule has exacerbated that because you always have to bring, like, say the C5 and the C4 are the tyres you want to bring. Because of the three-tyre rule, you've also got to bring the C3, which means everyone can do a race on C3. So it's a shame but we just need tyres that are have a very small operating window and they they run and run and run and then they hit a cliff. You want them to have a, a very small drop-off of time and then after a certain number of laps on a certain tyre, they just drop by like two seconds a lap. Yeah. Which or, is kind of what we had like back in 2012, 2011. Yes, yeah. Or, I mean, the other option still is make the drivers have to use all three sets of tyres during a GP. I mean, I don't think it will fix stops, everything, but I do think it will open up a little bit It would change more. things, because the idea of having to use softs, it would be very interesting when teams chose to do that. Yeah, I mean, it would be either at back... the start or at the end. Yeah, a good case study for that would be China 2013, which I remember. The soft tyres could genuinely do about four laps. Yeah. And then the medium tyres, which was they only had two sets back then. The medium tyres could do like 20 laps. So 
it made sense to do medium, 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 ideally. But because you had to put this soft tire stint in, it was like, well, when do you do it? Do you do it right at the start and get it out of the way? Or do you do it in the middle somewhere? Or do you save it for the last few laps and absolutely sprint like Sebastian Vettel tried to do? Yeah. And yeah. yeah, it actually made things quite interesting. There you go. Formula One fixed. Force two exactly. stop strategies. Employ Every- us, please. I'll take all 5%. Sets. You'll take 5% of all Formula One's revenue. Fair play. Yeah. <laughs> that is a lot of money, Jamie. Um, yeah. But I like it. I like the thought process. Um, yeah, I mean, it was such a weird Grand Prix, wasn't it? I mean, it's pretty much the narrative uh, throughout most of the afternoon. There was... This is the such the confusing thing that was the Miami Grand Prix. Because unlike Baku, there was stuff happening. Yeah. Pretty most much of the race all the time. Like watching stuff, yeah. But it was still so boring. It was there because there were no there was battles, no it was just overtakes, which I don't was... get because I hate being that kind of person. <laughs> but you hate the to only... moan about it, but it was still dull. <laughs> there was a decent little battle between uh, Kevin Magnussen and Charles Leclerc. But even which... that wasn't actually that much of a battle. It was on just track. funny. It was funny, yeah, more than anything else. Yeah, and you well by the time Verstappen was into second on lap fifteen. Perez should have checked out. He should have been gone by like 10 minutes. Should have checked out. Exactly. But he didn't. Uh, which I think there were five seconds or six seconds between Verstappen and Perez once Verstappen was into P2. Yeah. And that kind of meant that, yeah, Perez was going to pit quite soon after that, leave Verstappen in the lead on the hard tyres going extremely long into the race. And the next 20 laps or so was basically the Red Bulls trading times. Can, can Verstappen. Like when he pits, can he be close enough to make a charge at the end of the race? Yeah, and it became yeah. quite clear that as the race went on, that would be the case. Or certainly, if he wasn't ahead anyway, he would be right behind on fresh mediums, um, which ended up happening. But before that, we had a few little things going on. As I said, Leclerc and Magnussen just beefing each other. Leclerc messing up about three attempts of overtaking. Um, Magnussen being very stubborn, as he's well done his right to. Um, you also had Hamilton messing up about 15 attempts of overtaking Nico Hülkenberg in the midfield. Uh, 15 which... is a bit strong, but okay. <laughs> it was at least at least three. Uh... <laughs> three and 15 is still very different. Yeah, slightly. Uh, yeah, that's and the positions had... Nico Hülkenberg wants to finish in the Grand Prix rather than where he does finish. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> indeed it is. Uh, yeah, you had Sainz and Alonso kind of battling for what was the last place on the podium until science pitted onto the hards and then his pace dropped as and well before as before uh, that he sped um, yeah before that he forgot to break in time for the pit lane and got himself a five second penalty which didn't help his cause at all and then after he came out he got overtaken by alonso overtaken by russell and then just chilled in fifth the rest of the race so yeah fairly uh like uneventful for a lot of the runners in the top six at least um Although you had a uh, little shout out to Pierre Gasly, I saw you tweeted about it. He was doing but very he well. Was, he was just yeah hanging with hanging with the Ferraris up in up in sixth place for most of the race. Unfortunately, he did mess it up right at the end. Uh, and in battling, was it uh, Leclerc who was battling? Yeah. yeah. Locked up and basically handed Leclerc P six, and then immediately got passed by Hamilton as well, who recovered on those mediums at the end of the race. Um, and yeah, it was it was weird, wasn't it? Because you technically had stuff happening, but it just wasn't that interesting. <laughs> yeah, this is what I mean. Because, I mean, really from there, I mean, you kind of summed it up, didn't it? When Fernando Alonso um, was watching Lance Stroll make overtakes. I, I think he yeah. was a bit more upset the fact Stroll made an overtake for P13 rather than a decent position. But, yeah, it was just... 
There, there yeah. was stuff going on, but just very, very briefly every single time. Yeah. And I think the problem, as we, we kind of touched on the cause and the effect, really, of the problem with F1, in my opinion, at the minute, which is quite a big topic to get into. But because all the teams are so closely matched, like we said, other than Red Bull, you've got such a small delta between each pace of the car. And all the engineers and the aerodynamics kind of know that you need to be, I think they say, like, you need to be at least half a second, maybe 0.7 seconds a lap quicker than the car ahead in order to be close enough to pass. And because they're all so closely matched, unless there is a tyre delta, it's rare you actually get that that delta. It's almost like now Formula 1 has become too competitive. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like it's it's damaged its own reputation by now the cars being too equal. <laughs> yeah, which is why we need some high tyre wear to actually throw some jeopardy in because it's a bit too predictable really because um, 2012 there were a lot of cars that were similar on pace and that still worked out fantastically yeah because the tires lasted about 15 laps and then every five laps or so someone would just be dying on old pirelli yeah so yeah, yeah it was just, great stuff just a bit weird but, yeah. isn't it but i mean yeah, yeah. To, to round out the rest of the grand prix though of course max pitt on lap 45 uh despite the fact he was still setting fastest laps late on in the day uh, I mean, he basically came out right behind Checo, and we all kind of knew it was going to happen almost immediately, and by lap 47 it had. Uh, so Max Verstappen obviously went on to win the Grand Prix. Uh, like we said, of course, lap 53, Pierre Gasly kind of bottled it, uh, and then Hamilton did actually make probably, the, I would say, would we say the best overtake of the day on Charles Leclerc, which is a couple of laps was to good. go. Yeah. Uh, there was, was a good send, actually, from George Russell on Carlos Sainz. Yes, well. yeah, both Mercedes are egging on both Ferraris there. Uh, late yeah. on in the afternoon. But I have meant... a question for you okay. before the end of the Here race. Here we go. Which I have an opinion on, which I think you already know. But do you think uh, Red Bull favoured Max with the strategy? <laughs> Giving so, him hard tyres for the start. This this was quite a fun debate, wasn't it? Because people were going, oh, well, they completely ruined Checo there. Max, I think, was given a better strategy, but not deliberately. I don't think anyone realised how good the hard tyres were. The fact they could match the pace of the mediums pretty much immediately uh, and then could still go pretty much the whole race. So the yeah. fact that Checo probably went a few laps too long, but of course he wouldn't have been able to pit much earlier because he would have then ended up in traffic. So I think it was not ideal and I think they did accidentally give Max a better strategy. I just think the medium hard was the better strategy. If you look at every other team but Red Bull, you had a lot of split strategies going on with the Mercedes, with the uh, the Hasses, did split strategies, the Alfa Romeos, the Alpines. So they were all starting in completely different... They weren't starting near each other. You got no the Alpines direct were quite comparison. close. Yeah, but it's Ocon versus Gasly, isn't it? And Ocon had a bad start. <laughs> I, think, I think you're trying yeah, to create a, a correlation. But you look at all of them, causation. basically every other team, the medium starter, did end up winning out of the yeah. teammate battle. Yeah. And then just because Verstappen was so good in that middle stint, the, the middle part of the race after Perez had pit in the lead, his lap times are just incredibly consistent. And that is what won in the race, really. And Christian Horner said that on the radio, on the pit wall, didn't he? Yeah, so, exactly. I think, I mean, let's be yeah. fair, at the end of the day, Max was, the way Max was driving, he was always going to beat Checo sensibly. Uh, nice to see Checo did get his elbows out a little bit, but of course it was a pretty yeah. futile attempt uh, late on in the day. But of course, yeah, I mean, we have Max with another win. Uh, Perez in P2 there. Ahead uh, of Fernando Alonso gets his fourth podium of the year. So, uh, Ver per Allo is now the new Hambot Ver. Uh, we're all pleased <laughs> to know. Russell, 
A good result in P4. I think that's his best or equal best result of the year so far. It is the best, isn't it? Carlos Sainz, Lewis Hamilton, Charles Leclerc, Gasly, Ocon, and Kevin Magnussen. With Yuki Tsunoda once again finishing P11. Yeah, unlucky from Yuki. But he did a decent little drive, to be fair to him. He did. And also Verstappen, little shout out, he's doing grid position bingo. He is. Where over the course of his career, can he win from every place on the grid? So I don't know if it's just the current grid of or of all time, uh, but he's now only behind Alonso for different places to win a Grand Prix. And Alonso won from 15th. Exactly. Alonso's won from cheating. ninth different places. Uh, for Stappen, that was his eighth different position he's won from now. Um, yeah, it must be. He must have not won from like sixth or something daft like that, hasn't he? Who, he's won Stappen? from 14th. He's won from 9th and 10th. Yeah. First, so he must have just third. missed. He must have missed a position like in the top ten. He'll have missed like easy a, to win. Yeah, like a sixth or a seventh or something probably. Yeah. Um, but shall we do the quiz before we do driver of the day and all that good stuff? Let's do it. Right, Jamie, you're going to like the quiz today, I reckon. Okay. So, let me get me timer up as well, quickly before I start. There are clear twenty-seven the zone. answers to today's Twenty-seven. Quiz. Okay, 27. that's a good number. There is a lot of answers. You have got... I'm going to give you two minutes. Okay. I'm going to say. <laughs> I had to rally through these if there's 27 answers. That's insane. I can give you two and a half, actually, I suppose. Wow. What a generous offer. So, I, this weekend, cheeky plug to anyone listening, if you want to follow me over on Twitch, at Matt212, I'm doing the Nürburgring 24-hour endurance oh, no, race. It's I'm looking forward to it. isn't it? <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. You're... Question today, Jamie, is name me every single Formula One driver that has won a Formula One race at the Nürburgring. Your time Ooh. starts now. Uh, Hamilton. Yep. Uh, Mark Webber. Yep. Sebastian Vettel. Yep. I think. Um, uh, Fernando Alonso. Yep. Raikkonen. Nope. Raikkonen uh, had Mas- the worst luck like, ever at Germany. Massa never did. Nope. Uh, Schumacher must have. Schumacher did. Barrichello. Correct. Yep. Um, race winners. I feel like I've got all of them from the 2000s and onwards, really. Uh, maybe like Villeneuve. Yeah, uh, he won two. <laughs> oh, wow. 97 and 98. Uh, Damon Hill. How, I don't know how long Nürburgring's been around for. Um, it's been on and off. This is why I thought this might trick you. Uh, Senna, mm. Prost, PK. Prost is uh, correct, <laughs> the others aren't. Uh, Fangio. <laughs> no, probably nope, not. Fangio did. Oh, oh, it's been around that long. Uh, yep. Richie Ginter. Uh, uh, nope. <laughs> um, Graham Hill. Uh, yep. Jim Clark. Yep. Uh, Jackie Stewart. Yep. Uh, Danny Hume. Yep. Alan Jones. Uh, no. Um, you got into a good little. I did. Uh, that was quite. You got a minute twenty it? left. You're doing quite well. Uh, old fifties. Farina. Yep. Um. Oh, what's his name? Dan Gurney. Nope. Uh. Oh, who else? This is this is difficult now. Oh, Hen. No, John Surtees. Yes. Um. Uh, Jack Brabham. Yep. Oh, this is going well. You are doing very well. Um. Uh, John Watson. No, he never nope. will win. Um, oh, I should. Is there more modern ones? Uh, there's a few more recent ones, yeah. Okay. Uh, Hakkinen. Yep. <laughs> I was going to uh, say, we're not going to have Hakkinen Gate 2.0. Hakkinen Gate again. Um, who else won in the 90s? 
Um, Schumacher, Prost, no. Uh, it's oh, I'm messing this right up now. Um, Phil Hill. <laughs> nope. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm running out, running what, out of ideas very, very rapidly. Kake Rosberg. Nope. Uh, did he have Peroni? Nope. Oh, I've, I've, I'm finished. I think you got eight seconds, so you just um, go. You count the clock. Down. Anyone else in the fifties? Yes. Uh, and time is up. No, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you did very well there. So there's one, two, I get? three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So you got seventeen of twenty-seven. I'll take that. That's decent. There are definitely a couple you're going to kick yourself for. Okay. Uh, so what was the next most modern? Uh, so I think it was two thousand and three. Oh, is that that DC? No. Oh, I don't know. Ralph Schumacher. Oh, Ralph. Well, I said Schumacher. I never said who. You did say Michael Schumacher. No, I said um, a Schumacher on his own later on. You just said Michael. <laughs> um, the one that you'll definitely kick yourself over, uh, because, of course, it was, I'm pretty certain his, uh, it was definitely his team's only ever win, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Johnny Herbert. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. So, yep, Johnny Herbert, of course. Michele Alboreto won back in the... Uh, I think it was That's the... a name f- that I would have maybe said given about half an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, of course, uh, one that I was a little bit surprised you didn't get, but I can understand why you didn't, was James Hunt. Because, of course, that was the race that Nicky oh, Lauda yeah. had his accident. I um, forget that they... Was it Nürburgring? I thought, yeah. It was Nordschleife, yeah. Oh, right. That's where all of the what? ones were before Alan Prost won. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so, James Hunt, Carlos Reutemann, Clay Regazzoni. I can understand, obviously, you know, they were just... Yeah, I should have just thought about Rush and I got all of them. Y- yeah. Um, Jackie X. you obviously mentioned Jackie Stewart. Uh, between Stewart yeah. and Eakes, they went, I think it was backwards and forwards for six years in a row. It was oh, wow. just the Jackie domination show. Good time to be Jackie, yeah. Yep. Uh, Sterling Moss. Tony Brooks. Did I say Sterling Moss? You did not say Sterling Moss. Oh, I meant to say it. Tony Brooks is the one I was trying to think of. Yeah, you, you, I could tell you were close to mm. that one. And then I think the only other one as well that you were quite close on when you went through really early drivers. You mentioned Farina. You mentioned uh, Fangio. Uh, you did forget Alberto Ascari. Oh, yeah. I so you, you did pretty well there, to be fair. There were, there were a yeah. few that, giving you a lot more time, you would have got. But That was like stabbing fish in a barrel. Just like, it was shout out, a little bit, <laughs> shout yeah. out old F1 drivers. You were ba- I mean, it was like the one I had to do last week where I was basically just naming the 2021 20, yeah. yeah. calendar or whatever it was. Uh, last year's <laughs> calendar. Um, driver of the day then, Jamie, from the Miami GP. Huh. Uh, I'm probably going to give it to Max Verstappen. To be honest, it was just an excellent drive, especially after in Baku, you kind of he was matched a bit like on race pace by Perez. He very much asserted himself, didn't he? Again, it felt yeah. like despite yeah, the issues. If, yeah, managing to go from P9 to P1 basically on raw pace. There was no safety cars, obviously. So, yeah, I get that. Apparently, it was the first time ever in a Formula One Grand Prix that there was no retirements, no yellow flags, or any. Like, there was not even a yellow flag, was there? No, there was yeah. no, not even a yellow flag even for the Turn 1 incident. Nothing happened all race in terms of incidents. Not even t- the twig on the track. It was 13, the, sorry, uh, just under 1,200 clean laps by yeah. all the drivers. Must be a very us. high average speed. Uh, probably not, actually. Miami's not that quick a Grand Prix yeah, still. Yeah, true. Um, I think, again, Yuki Sonoda probably deserves a bit of a shout-out. 18th to 11th. Uh, I mean, I'm now wondering how not actually a backmarker car that AlphaTauri is. 
I reckon. Mm. I mean, all the cars are pretty close. I think, you know, we say Red Bull are right at the front. I think the Williams race car is still pretty bad. Uh, but I wonder if the Alpha Tari is actually pretty decent. But I think he deserves a mention. Oh, uh, sorry, Gasly as well. Uh, like we said, you know, he was doing very, very well right up to right up towards the end. Uh, and I think the other one for me, you know, call me biased, whatever you like. But I think Hamilton, <laughs> I did actually still do quite well. He did well a right. In the end. He did a right recovery. Uh, to to still beat out Leclerc when all is said and done, um, was a was a pretty good showing. Predictions Indeed wise, though, I'm pretty certain I could be happy this week because I think I took two points out. Uh, sorry, a point out. You didn't I? You predicted um, a Red Bull 1-2. Yes, creative. I know. I, I got four points for that. We both said Verstappen Polo, though. Uh, so we got that we wrong. Did. But I got Verstappen and Perez in the right order. You said Verstappen Alonso. Alonso. Uh, Hamilton. Leclerc, I, think, I, I think. think. I think you said Hamilton. There was someone in third who wasn't in third yeah. anyway. So you got so. three points against my four. So that means scores on the doors. 17 for Jamie. 14 uh, for myself. Uh, of course, this is actually our final break week this weekend, uh, for, and then we've got another triple header, haven't we? Uh, which is going to yes. be full of dramatic action from Imola, Monaco. A lot of podcasts, Monaco. for some of which I'm in America for, so we'll work that out. Yes, that's going to be quite interesting <laughs> as well, trying to get the timing sorted uh, on those. But last thing then, Jamie, race rating for the Miami Grand Prix. You could give it a 2, you could give it a 8, and you'd probably be have good case for either argument wouldn't you uh I'll, I'll go straight down the middle give it a five it was all right i was gonna say exactly the same thing i think a five like, is fair. compared to baku we were treated so <laughs> exactly there were actual overtakes going on uh this weekend but thank you all so much for listening as always if you have enjoyed please do make sure you leave a like get yourself subscribed if you're here on youtube follow us on all our various other podcasting platforms and we will return then hopefully next tuesday uh, with another show of course jamie like we said off gallivanting around the place once more uh, but yeah we will be back very very soon with more knowing wheel